Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. Welcome everybody to another edition of Two Guys in a Mic. This is our Browns post-game show. I am uh, your host, RP. Sean is not with us this evening. However, I think I'm disappointed enough for the both of us. Um, and I'm probably more disappointed <laughs> or or just beyond disappointed uh, for the both of us right at this, at this particular moment. Uh, after the Browns, uh, just kind of disheartening uh, disappointing. It is just a disappointing game, a disappointing loss for sure uh, to the Steelers, 15 to 10. Yeah, 15 to 10. I expected to see a lot more out of this game. I mean, I thought coming in, it was a, a little sketchy. Anyway, you know, we got some guys back, which was good. You know, we got Jack Conklin back, which was good coming into the game. We got Nick Chubb back, which was good coming into the game. We got uh, Baker back, which wasn't so good to me. Not to me, it wasn't. It wasn't the best thing in the world to hear that Baker was trying to come back for this game. Uh, And one of the points that I attempted to make, (coughs) excuse me, in and, and Baker coming back or reasonings for him to be back is that if he's going to come back, he needs to play a certain kind of way. So I'll, I'll get into that, you know, in a little bit. I know as you guys can see, you know, my background, uh, that's pretty much how I feel. I, I felt like this. I was, uh, you know, downtown earlier today trying to watch the game and I was talking mad crap to, uh, to Steelers fans, giving them, you know, as much as I could give them, but you can only give them as much as your team is actually allowing you to, you know, talk smack about. And quite frankly, my team did not allow me to talk as much as I would have liked to have uh, talked today. So, again, I think disappointing is too weak. I actually think disheartening is too weak to define, you know, losing a definitely winnable, a definitely winnable game. This is a winnable game. This is a game that before the season started, we all pretty much just marked off as a win. And it didn't go that way. And we're not playing, I almost eerily feel, I know that when Sean hears this, and I know when others, uh, when others hear this, they're gonna come after me a little bit. But this eerily, this team, this iteration of this team, at, at this point, at this point, this team is a lot like Freddie Kitchens' uh, year as coach. Of course, Sean will jump down my throat because he'll be like, "No, it's nothing like it," because. He was all over the place. This is that. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that 
Stefanski uh, doesn't have control over the team. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, there's uh, discord within the organization. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is we had an expectation coming into this season, much like Freddie did, or like we did two years ago when Freddie was the coach. We had an idea. We had a thought. We had a belief that that we would be at a certain point with this team because of the talent that we had um, you know, acquired because of the coach, supposedly, who was really, really good at what he does or might be really good at what he does and because of the growth of this quarterback. And here we are again, having the same discussion two years later. I don't know why, and I honestly couldn't tell you how we're in the exact same spot. There are eerie similarities uh, this year from a couple years ago. And, you know, quite frankly, it stinks. Again, I'm not 100% sure, or, I'm, or let me rephrase that. I'm, I'm actually very sure that my cohort is not in complete agreement with uh, with my position on this. Um, however, that's how I feel. We are a very underachieving team and the fan base, the bulk of the fan base can't quite put their finger on whose fault it is, but I hear a bunch of excuses as to what's happening. And like I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, me and excuses, we're not cool no more. I'm not, I'm not dealing in excuses. I'm not dealing in, oh, well, it's okay. And, you know, pat, pat, pat. Ain't no sympathy here. I may give some empathy, but ain't no sympathy. I'm not being no soft excuse making. Uh, I hope it gets better type of guy. This team, this quarterback, this coach, this defense, these players. We have nine more games left. I'll guarantee you, because what needs to happen is we need to run off nine straight, to be completely honest. And at least six of the next nine, out of the next nine, need to be wins. And based on what I've seen out of the team in the first eight, we're probably going to split those nine games. We'll probably go five and four. Hopefully not four and five. But we'll probably go five and four-ish. We'll probably just fall short. And then people will say, oh, but it was a good year anyway. I am so freaking sick. If you're not sick of that, I really don't know what type of, of I don't understand what hold the Browns have on certain people. I really don't. If you don't think, if, if this season ends on some basic, you know, we're nine and nine and eight, and we're all like, well, at least we won. I'm past that. I'm way past that. I always blame my kids for my gray hair. 
uh, 11 years ago, my kids are, my twins are 11. Not all my kids, but my twins came in literally within two years. I had, I went from like having a grade strand to like almost salt and pepper by the time they were five to basically I have nothing in my face but uh, white hair, uh, like a 70 year old dude. And I'm 47. But uh, I blame a lot of that on, on the twins. The truth is, there's at least a, a, a significant bulk of, of, of the whitening of my hair that is the Cleveland Browns. Um, so, 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 okay, let's get into it a little bit. Let's start to dig into a few numbers because I don't want people to think that I'm just on here venting. I am venting, but I don't want people to think that my whole purpose is to just talk crap about the Browns or to talk crap about a player. I want to, you know, actually formulate a show and actually give you guys some content and some basis in where I'm coming from. So as any, if anybody watched our last podcast, if you watched the video on YouTube, you saw I split it up into two uh, shows. It was two different videos because it went so long. Um, because we reached a point in the in the show where we needed to discuss Baker Mayfield and whether it made sense for Baker Mayfield to come back. <clears throat> so in that, I made the the statement. I'm a little bolder than Sean. Sean is is the safe, close to the vest type of guy. I'm a bit bolder than him. When it comes to things like that, I, I like to to be a little. I'm I'm more realistic. I I, I do things with less of my emotions than Sean does. Sean is very uh, kind of like yo. I'm I'm a stick with my guys, you know. Until it comes to the picks, now he might pick against us, but he he thinks he he loves the, the players. He's the proverbial Cleveland fan. He loves the players, and he's just going to stick with the players. Unless they're awful. If they're awful, he's going to kill you about it. But if they're okay, he's going to defend you to the two. So uh, so he was behind the thought process based on uh, the thought process of Baker coming back based on he's our starter. He could get hurt at any time, yada, yada, and blase block. I was against it uh, for a couple of reasons. I didn't know how healthy he could be. I didn't think he would. Uh, there was no need to have a 60, 70% dude out there. And I was totally against it. I was totally against Baker coming back. Not Baker being our quarterback, not Baker. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that Baker doesn't deserve to be the quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. I just didn't think he was ready to come back and play, fo- excuse me, football in this game this Sunday. Baker looked decent today in terms of how he moved, um, in terms of how he uh, managed. You could barely tell that he might even had an injury. So, you know, I mean, I was being overprotective because I see a bigger picture. I want our quarterback to be healthy, especially like next week when we go down to Cincinnati for what is now a huge game. Now, we, we put all these dumb must-win uh, monikers on 
you know, week one, week two, week three, those weren't must wins. I, I looked at them all as must wins because I think you need to win or go into every game like this a game seven. Even though football doesn't have a, a series, I always feel like every game is a game seven and you need to approach it that way. Like I want to win, period. And if you're not approaching it that way, what are we doing? So that's always me. But now we've reached the point of the season where you're four four. You're basic. You're you're nothing differentiates you. Got the second or third best run game in the league. But other than that, we're basic. We got one of the best pass rushers in the league. But other than that, our defense is basic. We got two or or three of the best wide receivers technically in the league and as a unit and we're basic. We're middle of the road, basic. They call Kevin Stefanski one of the best young coaches in the league. However, his team is basic and there's no getting around it. We're basic. So we're getting ready to go down to Cincinnati next week with this basic-ass team, with this basic thought process. And I felt like having a healthier Baker, because tell me this, he took a couple hits today. He ain't going to feel the same tomorrow. He'll move around and act like he's okay. Tomorrow, he's going to feel all of that pain. And to me, he could have saved that because what I saw out of Baker Mayfield today he had 20, he, he did look decent. He did look decent. And he made a few throws that were right on uh, on top of guys. He made a couple of throws that were like right in guys' uh, hands. And, and guys got to catch those balls. You know, Jarvis had a couple of, uh, I, I say Jarvis had one drop. Everybody wants to give him two. That pass was well defended. And <clears throat> to me, it was, it was just a well-defended pass. Um, I'm not making an excuse. I feel like he should have caught both, but I'm only calling one of those a drop. And then the fumble, of course, was a problem. But we didn't lose this game because of those drops or because of those fumbles. And if we did, then we can't overlook the mispasses that Baker had or the misreads. Like, everything goes into the, how the game plays. And that's where I'm going with this. If, you, if you're not going to blame Baker, but blame this guy, then we got to blame a bunch of stuff. Unless you look at everything in totality. Because the truth is, a game is a total process or a total, uh, it's an accumulation of what the team does. What the entire team does, from the coach all the way down to that reserve who didn't think he was going to get a chance to play that got into the game. You see? It's a responsibility for everybody on that sideline, all 53 of those guys, uh, plus the staff. So, <clears throat> you know, you, you're talking close to 100 guys, potentially, or 100 people, because every one of them isn't a guy, but you're talking about 100 bodies that are accountable for a dub from week to week. 
And I'm not putting that on Jarvis, just like I can't say that we lost because of Baker. But my point during the week was, if Baker's not going to win this game, that was my go back and look. I said it. If Baker ain't coming in this game to win this game by himself, to throw four touchdowns, to throw three touchdowns, then there's no point in him being out there because let me be honest, here are Baker's numbers, 20 of 31, 225 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. No, I don't think he fumbled either, so no turnovers at all. On Baker, not on Baker. You're telling me that Case Keenum couldn't have done that? And if Case Keenum had done that, we'd be killing Case Keenum right now. We'd be saying, man, he can't even throw a touchdown. What quarterback don't get you touched? We'd be coming down a little bit harder when, because it's Baker. We're kind of like, oh, no, he was okay because, you know, he had to hurt so, like, built-in excuses, man. I'm not, I'm not giving this dude no excuse. However, I will admit, he did not look hurt. Um, he did have some things work against him. Uh, Jack Conklin went out again, and it wasn't even his knee this time. He just came back. So they was his first game back in a couple games. And uh, now he has a dislocated elbow, which is awful. So, you know, uh, you know, uh, ho hopefully all of that, you know, heals right and, 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 and we'll be okay. But we're going to have problems for the next eight games on that right side because uh, Jack probably won't be back for a couple games at least, at least a couple games. But it could potentially be something that we don't get him back depending on how bad it was for, excuse me, longer than that. But uh, we could have had Case Keenum go out there and do just that. The thing I keep pointing out, and I, it feels like, and I'm sure to people who might watch the show or people who follow me personally on Facebook or who follow the show, Two Guys on the Mic 216 on IG and on Facebook, guys who follow us probably think I dislike Baker Mayfield. They probably think that I dislike Baker as our quarterback. Where the truth is, I just understand that he's not separating himself from that second guy. He's not doing anything to make himself the best quarterback on the team. And he is the best quarterback on the team. He's the most talented quarterback on the team. However, he looks like the backup. The backup can do this. Baker ain't doing nothing. Baker ain't doing nothing. He makes about two or three passes a game that are really nice plays. But he also makes about two or three throws a game where I'm like, what the hell is that? He did it today. You know, we always like to focus in on one or two or five plays when there were 40 plays in a game or more, or less sometimes. But there's a bulk of the game that, that happened that we, you know, we, we discredit or discount because either we can't remember it or we didn't see it as significant, but it's all significant. That middle of the game low between, because we went to halftime three nothing. Came out and these guys, uh, the, uh, the Steelers scored. They scored a touchdown, uh, you know, to tie the game up. We scored a touchdown, too. But they scored a touchdown after that. 
so it it tied the game up or they got close. It was 10-9, I'm sorry. So we were ahead. But what happened in the middle part of that game? Don't tell me about a drop that Jarvis had late in the game as the reason that we lost the game. What happened? Why were we in the spot where we still didn't have more than 10 points? You see what I'm saying? Uh, and maybe some people do, but there's going to be some people like me when I listen to other people's podcasts, when I listen to other people's shows, where I completely disagree. So I'm sure that there are people who are disagreeing with me, but there's a middle, a middle. I was getting ready to say the meat of the game. If there's a middle part of the game that we're all discounting, the Browns, who averaged before this game, uh, what was it? I just wrote it down. The Browns before this game averaged 26, 26.4 points per game. We had 10 freaking points. We had 10 points. Pittsburgh is not that good of a defense. We scored 10 points. So to put this on a drop that Jarvis had, to put this on a fumble that Jarvis had, just and that's just it. It's simple-minded. It's short-sighted. There's more going on here. I remember a drive early in the, in the uh, first half. Early in the first half, we uh, – I can't remember the play before that, but we had, it was second and two. It was a pass. So a second down and two. And again, just like I can't pinpoint or point out one thing that's the reason that we lost. So I'm not saying that this is why we lost, but I'm saying these things culminate to to give us the problems that we end up having in these games. So it's second down and two. We have a guy that's averaging about five yards per carry that just came back. He's, he's playing for the first time in a couple of weeks. And we also had a guy that last week really ran well and, and had about five and a half yards per carry. So we got these guys on the bench. Whether you put them in there or not, we got them. They're there. And you choose to throw a dumb pass on second and two. So now it's third and two. What do you think is getting ready to come on third and two? Are you going to pass it? No, you're not going to pass it. You're going to run it. I know you're going to run it. And so does Pittsburgh. And guess what they did? They ran it. Every one of these runs, so the interior of, of it seemed like, and I'm not going to say every one of these runs were outside runs, but it seemed like we couldn't get off the ball quick enough offensively to stop the interior of their line from penetrating and bouncing our guys towards the outside uh, on short yard situations. And that's what I saw on more than once. Nick Chubb, I saw him get bounced outside. And I don't think that was where the play was supposed to go. But he bounced it outside because there was nothing up the middle. And on this particular drive that I'm talking about, Ernest Johnson uh, didn't get – it was, it was third and two. We got it to fourth and one, and then – uh, we went for it on fourth down and did not get it. We ran it again on fourth down. And I'm like, so you run it on third and fourth, but you don't run it on second? Like it, it, it boggles my freaking mind sometimes the things that we do as a team 
But for that to have happened and us to forget that that happened and then turn around and say, this drop is why we lost. Nah, that ain't the whole reason why we lost. It added to it. It's a part of it because you can't have those drops because you can't have those turnovers. But the game is really a pendulum. It swings one way, it swings the other way, and you as a player have to catch those ebbs and those flows. I've played sports. A lot of you guys out there who will listen to this played sports. Um, a lot of you guys played on a higher uh, level than I did. But we all understand that one thing, that pendulum swing. I've been in the audience, in the crowd, where I felt that pendulum swing, I've been on the court, I've been on the field when I felt that pendulum swing, whether it was towards me or away from me, whether it was intramural or whether it was on my base teams or whether it was, you know, in a in a in a real sanctioned baseball game or a football game. I felt it, I saw it, and you can see it when it's happening. So I get that, you know, one play can turn that that pendulum the other way, but you don't get to 10 just by saying two plus two plus two plus two. You still need two more. If there's other parts that go into it to get to 10 from there. You gotta have all of these parts. So this drive uh, attributed to us losing as much as those drops and those fumbles. That's why I'm pointing it out. So where does that point me to? Kevin Stefanski, I'm glad you asked. It puts me to Kevin Stefanski. Today was a terrible, I give, I, I've given Kevin Stefanski a lot of credit in, in his game planning for, uh, especially for the uh, descriptive plays. I think he does an awesome job scripting plays. And if you watch today's games, what happened on that first drive? Man, we just kind of we kind of chopped right down the field. Those scripted plays are generally like on point. And next week in, in, in Cincinnati, we'll probably run right down the field. Here's the problem, though. We don't score that often on the first drive. As good as his scripted plays are, we rarely score on the first, like touchdown on the first drive. And we did the same thing today. We bogged down once we got inside the red zone. That happened in Minnesota. That, that's happened more than once this season, where we just bogged down inside the red zone. It's like he forgets. He, he, he's great 20 to 20. He's great 20 to 20, but we don't, he can't figure out how to get guys opportunities to score in the red zone. And we should be able to because we have good wide receivers and we have really good tight ends as well on top of good running backs. So how can't you and why can't you convert fourth downs? How can't you and why can't you get touchdowns? We come out of that thing with a field goal instead of a touchdown. How? How, Kevin? How? It's 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 irritating to watch sometimes too. And I, I was in the bars today, so I heard a lot of people questioning, what is Kevin, what is, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Why, you know, and I was too, but when I'm out, I'm a lot less, 
loud anymore only because I have a show to do, so I have to be a little fairer to people. I have to, not to, to the people I'm around, but I have to be fairer in how I represent uh, what's happening in the game or what happened in the game because I got to talk to people about it. So I don't want to get too high, too low, but a lot of times me caring so much about the Browns, it's hard for me not to get high or low. It's, it's what's, what's really difficult. It ain't hard for me to go high or low. It's difficult to stop me from going high or low. And it's really difficult to be moderate right in the middle, to be fair. Because you're around a lot of negative energy when things are going bad. And you're a lot of, excuse me, around a lot of positive energy when things are going well. So it's difficult for me to be in those situations because I want to just be in my house and I probably would have been in my house, but I had to step out because my brother was in town. I was actually supposed to go to the game. Things didn't work out that way for me um, because I was in a, um, I was in a traffic jam. There was an accident. So I couldn't get down to the stadium before the game started. So I just ended up, and then I got called to come do some stuff at uh, one of the clubs I work at. And I, you know, just, thankfully I was already kind of close so I just went over there, did did a little bit of work I needed to do, and just stayed there and watched the game. Uh, you know, and I still had a decent time, but uh, you know, it I, being around people, it it can affect you. Like if you're in a stadium, you're gonna you're gonna come back home a little more pissed off, a little more exhausted than you would have if you would have just sat at home and watched the game. I could, if I would have drank the exact same amount at home, I wouldn't have been been as exhausted. But I was exhausted. I did a lot of walking around, and that's what happens when you're downtown. You you end up walking around. You end up seeing people uh, you haven't seen. I ran into my cousin today. Shout out to Marv. Uh, it was good to see you today, cuz. Um, saw my little brother today. Um, missed my other little brother, but I did. I did see my youngest brother today. Uh, Tate. Uh, shout out to Tate. But um, it's 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 draining. It's taxing. For me. It takes a toll. Anybody who goes to the game knows this. You are just worn out. It's just a it's a it's a complete wearing out, especially when you don't do it all the time. So um, you know it. So when you're around that energy, and you're exhausted, and you're tired, and you're irritated and you're frustrated and now you want to sit down and do a show this is why it's hard to manage that you have to find that good balance so that's why i can't i try not to get so high i try not to get so low i try to just stay in the middle and not allow everything else around me to affect my thought processes and then i try to stay up even after uh the game and after you know everything is over with whether we win or lose to keep some level of momentum about my thought process so that I can sit down and have a coherent show where people can kind of follow me, whether I'm upset, frustrated, et cetera. Like I said, if I had been home, drank the exact same amount, I, I could have stayed up until 12 o'clock tonight. But it's difficult when you, you know, go to the game. 
Now, because now you're 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 drinking, but you're talking, you're yelling, you're screaming, you're high fiving people around you. When things go bad, again, that energy gets into you. And it makes it hard to actually even watch the game at times. But I was I was able to because I really worked hard at this. Uh, I was able to to kind of maintain a certain um, um, focus on the game. And this is why I'm coming at Kevin Stefanski this way. So coming into this into this game, Pittsburgh allows about four yards, a little bit over four yards per carry, and we actually average a little over four yards per carry. But here's here's where my my issue is. This is where this this right here. See that that little I got an issue right from here to here with Kevin Stefanski when it comes to play calling, especially beyond the scripted plays, because I think it gets muddled after the scripted plays. I think it gets muddled. We we played a team that gives up about four and a half, about 4.2, 4.5, between 4.2, per game. Well, we're the second best run game uh, yardage-wise in the league, second or third, real close. And I, it may be different after today because for the first time in the whole entire season, we didn't rush for 100 yards. How the hell does that happen? I'll tell you how it happens. Kevin Stefanski has to quit with this goofy-ass pitch count that he has. And what, what do I mean by pitch count? So in baseball, pitch count is, for those of you who don't know, it's a number that managers have in their mind or pitching coaches have in their mind for where a pitcher is, a starting pitcher is in a game. So if he has a, an inning where he throws 16, so that's 16, he throws 16. They don't want him to go, certain people, they don't want him to go too much over 100. Some people, they'll let him go no matter what, but they have this number in there, this magic number per the player for how many times they want this guy to, how many pitches they want this guy to throw. So I'm using that vernacular in football terms. I think that uh, Baker threw 31 times and we ran... 23 times, you might say, oh, man, that's so balanced. It's balanced, but there's games where you got to imbalance that. I think that Baker, putting Baker in jeopardy 31 times, when you have a quarterback that's got a torn-up shoulder, it's simple-minded. I think it's simple-minded. I think he could have run way more. Uh, Chubb was averaging about just under four yards of carry, which is rare for him. Um, he usually averages over that, but that you know, but that's okay. Uh, Dearness was averaging about five and a half, but he only touched the ball four times. Uh, well, four times on carries rushing. You know, I I don't get it. I don't understand why we can't run the ball thirty times. I don't understand why Nick Chubb, who's hurt or just coming back off an injury, how come you couldn't have given uh, Dearness Johnson, you know, 10 carries? Because one of those carries was Baker scrambling 
you already know Baker running ain't what we want to do, but that was Baker scrambling. I think that was that fourth down run where he ran out of bounds. It was like five, got like five yards or whatever, but did I say fourth down, fourth quarter run? I'm sorry. Um, and we ran a play for Jarvis, and I mean, Felton got one touch. Oh, he did. I think he did get a screen uh, play, but I, you know, just to me, you, you have all of these resources and you don't use them all because you don't want, you know, oh, the, the system. He's a system guy. He's almost like, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and those guys who felt like the front office is who creates a championship. He feels like the offense creates a championship. Not a great guy in the offense, just the offense. I created this. So it should create, you know, uh, the win. Guys need rhythm. And we've done well, but guys need rhythm. We, You know, we've done well in terms of uh, Chubb and Hunt, you know, how they run and stuff like that. But to me, you got to give guys some rhythm, man. And I don't know that we give guys rhythm having this wide open, anybody touches the ball type of offense. I'm not going to say I don't like it. I'm just going to say he's going to have to tamp it down and start to look at certain things and certain people in certain situations uh, that will allow us to win games like this. Hell, that will just allow us to win games. I know we've won four games, but we're four and four. There's no reason for us to be four and four. And we've lost games, not just because of drop passes. We've lost games, not just because of fumbled balls. We've lost games, not just because of bad quarterback play or basic quarterback play. And not just because of play calling, but we've lost games because of all of those things. Poor play calling. We go for it on fourth down like nobody's business. However, we're one of the worst percentage-wise on converting those fourth downs, which also means you stink converting third downs. So tell me why or where this guy's some level of a guru. I need Stefanski to Stop being so rigid, be way more flexible, not just in one game, not just in one quarter, not just on one play. I need this dude to start thinking through his situation because let me tell you something. He can go nine and seven, excuse me, nine and eight if he wants to. He gonna feel he's gonna feel like he was on 16 with the pressure that people start putting on at that point. Because that means you're mediocre, bro. You're basic. And you're living off the hype of last year. Last year was last year. We're living off that too. Right now, he's Freddie Kitchens. Right now, he's Freddie Kitchens. And actually, he may be worse because he doesn't have an unstable front office because he has more talent. And you still can't figure out how to win winnable games. Winnable games, bro. We ain't talking about how you, you know, uh, shat yourself in a playoff game or how you might have shat yourself in a, in, a, in a Super Bowl. We're talking about regular season, divisional conference games 
which we spoke about last week in the show, in the midweek show, we don't have room to lose any of those games. We just keep losing ground in a conference, which puts us further in the potential of making the playoffs. And it also puts us at a further risk of not winning the division. The plus side of everything is that the damn Bengals turned into the Bungles uh, today. And the Ravens didn't play. That's the plus side. Thank God, right? Right? So if we go down there next week and don't win this game, the Jets found a way to win a game against a team that's better than them. They won today because of coaching. They won today because their players play with effort. The Browns go down there next week and lose this game. That's it for us. That's it. We not, I don't care what we do after that. That's pretty much it. I know it's early in the season for me to be making that kind of prediction, but I'm telling you, at that point, now we have eight games. And yeah, we could go 8 no. We could. But do y'all think we're going to go 8-0? Because we see Pittsburgh one more time. We'll see Cincy one more time. And we'll see the Ravens twice. Do you think we're going to win all four of those games? Really? Because I don't. I don't think we're going to win all four. I'm not saying we're going to lose all four. I don't see us winning all four of those games. I actually had us losing two games this season to uh, divisional foes. And if that happens, so if we lose one more game, that means we won't go eight, eight, eight in a row. Let's say we lose next week. So that means we're not going to go eight in a row. Even if we win next week, I don't think we're going to win five games in this in this division. And if we don't, That puts us at a at a at a disadvantage. We go four two in the division. It's not insurmountable, but that's that's not helping us at all, bro. Because eight wins will give us twelve. Like I said, I don't think we're gonna win eight. So let's say we win seven. That gives us eleven. Still got a chance, but everything is a must win. Everything is a must win. But I'm telling you, if we lose next week, I don't think that we will have it. I don't think that we're just going to run that off. The Browns haven't shown me any reason to think that they're just going to run those off. Not offensively, not defensively, not based on the quarterback, not based on the wide receivers, not based on the running backs. Uh, actually, I think the running backs could, could pull it off, actually, truthfully. But not based on the defense not based on the defensive coach. Just being honest. And I'm just being honest. The Browns, as I, you know, because I said, damn, what's happening here? Why why we keep, you know, why, why what's this expectation that we have of the Browns, right? Why do we think that this team is good? Why do I keep calling them basic? Maybe they're not basic, and maybe I'm just being too hard. So I went and did a little bit of research, just a little bit, not nothing big. Sean always talks about his crack staff. I don't have no crack staff. I got to do my own work. 
my own legwork. <laughs> so I did I did some research. So our four wins are against teams. The best record today, the best record of the teams that we've beaten are four wins. Four and four. They're just like us, they're basic. And that was the Broncos. We beat Houston, who's one and seven. We beat the Bears that are three and five. We beat the Vikings that are three and four. And then we beat the Broncos who are four and four. So that's a, a total of 11 wins for those teams that we beat versus, give me a second, 12, 16, uh, 20, 11 and 20 is the record of the teams we beat. So what's the record of the teams that we haven't beat, that we can't beat, that we seem to have trouble with? So we lost to the to the Chiefs. They're the only team that we've lost to that has a losing record uh, or uh, not a great record. They're four and three. Um, and then we lost to the Chargers who are four and three. And then we lost to the Steelers that are four and three. And we lost, well, we lost to the Cardinals too. And they're seven and one. So the Cardinals and the Steelers together, we, we don't even need to count the other two games. That's 11 wins. So we can't beat good teams. That's basically what I just said. We don't beat good teams. We, we can't compete with good teams. So I don't know if that's internal, if that's a metal, like what you have inside of you type of thing. I don't know if that's a coaching thing. So it, you know, maybe you're putting in the wrong plays, or maybe you are 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 again shatting yourself when you get up against the pressure, Kevin. I'm not sure. What I am sure of is that we keep losing to good teams. What I am sure of is that I'm sick of looking like my homie behind me week after week after week after week. What I am sick of is excuses. What I am sick of is this team that averages 26 points per game and like five yards per carry, not being that team week after week after week. We scored 17 points against the, the Bengals, oh, excuse me, uh, against the Broncos with Case Canem as our quarterback. Probably could have scored 24 to 27 points because we had a field goal block and uh, Case Miss Jarvis wide open in the game. So I'm not, we scored 17 points. But we had the potential to score more. Scored 10 points today, y'all, with our starting quarterback. 10 points with the starting quarterback. And if this dude is healthy, and if this dude is capable, 
which it looked like he was, then we got to start pointing fingers in a lot of different directions, bro. Because again, last week we pressed, last week we pressed the concern button. We're pressing a concern button again, but we're 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 getting close to like DEFCON uh four level type of concern. We lose next week, and I'll guarantee you we're gonna go down there at the dog. We're gonna go down there as the dog. We're not we're not going down there as a favorite to win that game. Definitely not based on anything that we've done here recently. Nobody believes at this point that the Cleveland Browns are going into Cincinnati and coming out of Cincinnati with a win. There ain't nobody. Only a diehard. I'm just going to ignore uh, all of the actual um, all of the actual evidence that shows us we're probably not coming out of Cincinnati uh, out of northern Kentucky with a win. That was tragic. Having technical difficulties over here. It's all good. But nobody thinks. Nobody wants to admit it. But I'll be the first to say it before it happens, before we need to say it, before we need to think about it, before we need to, 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 to get into it. I don't think we're going down to Cincinnati to win that game. We're gonna to try to. We're gonna talk. We're gonna. Oh man, you're gonna hear Baker. Baker gonna give you all that he got, man, with, with the sound bites. Because that's Baker. Kevin Stefanski is gonna be just as stoic and uh, we'll, 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 we'll talk about that. We'll improve. We'll do this. We'll do that. The truth is, we we are behind the eight ball right now. And unlike most people who do sports podcasts and, and uh, unlike most folks that do uh, you know, sports talk radio, especially folks that do sports talk radio here in, in, in Cleveland, A lot of these guys ain't gonna give you the real, they ain't gonna give you the, the unadulterated feeling of the fan. I, that's one of the things that I, I enjoy. I'm, I'm a fan on top of being a guy that has a podcast. Today, I had I had so many people wanting to, to, to come on the show. They were like, man, let me come on your show. How can I get to be a regular guy on the show? Blah, 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 blah. You know, but I'm very particular about that kind of stuff because I need people to have the same kind of care about what we're doing that Sean and I have. So I'm very particular about who I bring on. I'm very particular about who um, contributes to the show.
And it's very important to me to, to be that way because I do understand how well or how, uh, again, look at these guys behind me. See those faces? If I ask that guy right there, hey, man, you want to come on the show? This guy might become unhinged. If he doesn't, this guy definitely is. Look at that guy over there. Look at that dude. I can't have everybody on the show. I need to have people that can coherently stay within what we're trying to do. That's why I don't have an issue doing the show by myself. It's much easier with Sean. But when Sean can't do it, then I got to do it. And I'm okay with that because I still know that the show is happening the way I want the show to happen or the way that I see the show happening. And the content that's going out is the same exact content that I want to go out. But it's difficult when you're losing and we can't really place the blame where we want to place the blame. Because there's people who want to blame everybody except Baker. There's people who want to blame everybody except Kevin Stefanski. There's people who want to blame OBJ. There's people who want to blame uh, the defense and Joe Woods. I'm kind of one of those guys. Joe Woods, hey, man, hey. Actually, solid showing today. But this team stinks. The team we play stinks offensively. And you guys showed up when y'all needed to show up and the offense didn't show up today. But way to show up, I mean, and, and even a couple of those touchdowns, man, they were well defended. I, I can't, I, I can't complain too much today for what happened today. I can't complain too much about Joe Woods today. You know, we, 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 we killed Joe Woods most of the season. Today, these guys showed up. I mean, 15 points should you held these guys 15 points. They should have never scored 15, but you, you you held these guys 15 points. That's a, that's a winnable game. And we lost, I don't know how many times I said that today. We lost a winnable game. If you look at my Facebook post after the game, that's actually my Facebook post. We lost a winnable game. Glad Baker played, though, because Baker didn't win us this game. And again, that was my standard. Baker's playing. If he's telling me he's good, I need this dude to throw four touchdowns. I need this dude to really just show me that he deserved to be out there. Baker actually showed me that he deserved to be out there, but he ain't throw no damn four touchdowns. He ain't throw no four touchdowns. Kevin Stefanski coached like he was scared. Scared money don't win money. And now the Browns are four and four. And in last place, I'm not going to, just like I would scream from the mountaintops that we were in first place, I'm, I just live under my grandmother's, uh, my grandmother used to tell me when I was a kid, my grandmother was very grounded for me. And she used to tell me when I was younger, hey, you know, if you're going to take those high fives, 
You need to take those finger points too. Can't do both. I mean, you can't do one and not the other. Gotta do both. You gotta be willing to accept criticism as much as you're willing to accept praise. Basically what she was saying. So that's kind of a basis of how I run, excuse me, the show. I run the show that way. When Baker plays well, I say Baker play well. When Baker stinks it up, I say Baker stunk it up. When Kevin Stefanski coaches well, I say, man, that was a great game plan, man. Everything worked today. When it doesn't, I say, man, that shit stuck. And that's where I come from. I'm going to call a spade a spade. I'm going to address actual situations. I might even address elephants in the room. And I'm not talking about deltas. I'm talking about real elephants that are issues for my football team in the room. And we got an elephant in the room, y'all. I don't know who's hiding inside that elephant, but we have an elephant in the room. It seems to change most from week to week. But we got an elephant in the room. There's a problem on this team. I don't know if it's a, it's a heart problem. I don't know if it's a coaching problem. Because again, being tough don't mean shit. Oh, I'm tough. Okay, I'm tough too. Did me being tough win us this game? Nope. Did Baker being tough win us this game? Nope. So don't talk to me about being tough. Don't care. You're tough ain't winning games, bro. Talk to me about tough when that tough wins us a game. Those are harsh realities. And we're in a spot. Four and four. Going forward. Going down to Northern Kentucky. Where do you land? Where do you land when you go to uh, Covington? You actually land in Covington, Kentucky. It's one of the reasons why I do not think that just because Cincinnati's on the other side of the Ohio, that's freaking Northern Kentucky. And it's one of the reasons I hate Cincinnati. Uh, however, they got pictures of Sean and I and uh, his brother-in-law or his girlfriend's, uh, his girlfriend, his sister's boyfriend from about five, six years ago, uh, we went down there and it was all bad. They ain't like us, but I, I'm hoping to talk about that on our midweek show. Hopefully I can uh, wrangle Sean in and get him to be unbusy so that we can uh, have that discussion because though that, that trip was a crazy trip. I would like to take this trip next Sunday. I'm just not sure. I, I'm sure that the Stadies, the Stadies gonna be out. They're gonna be looking for me because I was giving people problems. And I was being fair and, and, and fun and laughing and talking, but these cats were not happy. They were not happy with my brand of comedy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, so I just want to uh, shout out Sean, man. 
bro, you know, I hope uh, that we, we can get together uh, this week. I understand that you're busy and all that stuff, but it's all good. Shout out to my cousin Marv, like I said before. Uh, what's up, Tay? It was good to see you today, little bro. And uh, I'm going to try to wrap this show up real quick. Um, hit us up. Check in on us on uh, on the audio stream. iTunes Podcasts. We're also on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Spotify. And we're also on Anchor. Come check us out, man. Uh, give us give us a listen. You at work? Just put your earbuds in, man, and go to the floor and, and just let me fill your ears up and let Sean and I fill your ears up with full-fledged Browns information, real information, real emotion, not the contrived fake stuff that these guys do on the radio, not the fake stuff that these guys create. Uh, you know, in other areas, we are true blue Browns fans that give a damn. But we also want to have an educated, informed position. And we only bring educated and informed people into this forum. And I can't wait to bring some guys uh, in to share that uh, platform this year. We haven't brought in any guests, but I'm trying to change that up real quick. Because last year we had a lot of guests. This year we've been kind of just me and Orshan. So uh, within the next couple of weeks, we'll be bringing in some more folks. I got to work a little more diligently to make sure that that happens. But again, come check us out on the audio streams. I'll, I'll repeat them. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Two guys in a mic, 216. We're also on YouTube. You can look at the video. You need to look at the video because Sean always says he's the more handsome of the two, but you can see that if you actually watch the YouTube videos. It's nowhere near uh, the truth. I am the more handsome guy. Uh, I am the more charming guy. <laughs> we won't want to that I'm married. I'm good. Um, but check us out on YouTube. Two guys in a mic, 216. Uh, like, subscribe, comment. We like to uh, have that back and forth uh, dialogue with everybody. So please, please, please uh, like, subscribe, uh, like, subscribe, and uh, comment, please, and thank you. Also, we uh, we have uh, Facebook, two guys in a mic, two one six, and we also have Instagram, two guys in a mic, two one six. Please come in. Please like us. Please. Follow us, please comment to us. Let us know what we're doing well. Let us know what we stink at. It all works for me. I'm very fair, I'm very open. So please come in, check us out. We love y'all. Anybody who's consistently listening to us, keep consistently listening to us. Please keep pitching us to other people because the one thing I enjoy is doing this. The one thing I don't enjoy just being like this guy behind me. I don't like being an angry Browns fan. And that's where it, it seems like we're headed. So that just means that the shows are getting ready to get more interesting. So come check us out, man. Um, thank y'all for tuning in. I love y'all. Peace.
You've just listened to Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Please tune in for our midweek edition of our podcast. Until then, peace.